Welcome to the Romanticy Fangirls podcast. Melina and I are so excited that you're here. If you're already a subscriber to the show, you are awesome. Honestly, your support means more than you know. And if you just stumbled upon our little corner of the interweb over here, hello. Make sure you hit that subscriber follow button. We release new book deep dives every Tuesday. Okay, time to get lost in a world of magic, romance, and adventure. Let's go. Welcome to the Romanticy Fangirls podcast, the show where two cousins do a deep dive into your favorite fantasy romance novels. We're talking chapter summaries, characters, lore, theories, and more. But before we dive into today's episode, please listen closely to our content warnings. Most importantly, this episode will contain spoilers for House of Flame and Shadow and all of Sarah J. Mass's other works, including Throne of Glass and Akatar. We may be focusing on chapters 11 to 14 today of House of Flame and Shadow, but we're bringing the whole mass verse into the conversation, especially when we talk about our theories and predictions. Yeah, so this includes anything that SJM has said in interviews, etc. It's all on the table. So if you don't know why we're laughing every time we see a My Little Pony, go back and finish the first two books in the Crescent City series and come back to us. We'll be here when you're done. Absolutely. And next, this podcast is rated R. We at Romanticy Fangirls are adults who say adult things and talk about adult themes in adult books. So if you're not into that, totally cool, but this is not the podcast for you. Correct. And if any of our family is listening, which we are assuming not, we're sorry, but we're not sorry. You have been warned. And our final disclaimer, Cal, it's our favorite. Uh, We are not going to apologize for any of our pronunciations of any of your favorite characters, town names, etc. We are not professionals. We are just fangirls. Not come at us. No. (laughs) So lastly, before we jump into House of Flame and Shadow episode four, if you love Romanticy fangirls and want to support us in making this dream our livelihood, if you want more bookish content, community, discounts on merch, early access to episodes, and more, please check out our Patreon. We have two membership tiers, The Drop and Starborn. The link is in the show notes or in our YouTube captions. And really and truly, thank you so much for helping us bring these episodes to you. And now it's time to dive in. Absolutely. So Melina is going to take the anchor for this episode, which is our chapter summaries. So let's get into chapters 11 through 14. All right, let's do it. So we're starting off with chapter 11. And that is starting with us being back in Prithian with Bryce and Nesta. Cal, you guessed it. In the tunnels. <laughs> <laughs> I am struggling <laughs> with these damn tunnels (laughs) oh my gosh so just as a reminder because we haven't spent enough time in the tunnels carved into the tunnels are all kinds of depictions of fae and then one in particular bryce notes shows a masked queen a crown upon her head bearing instruments in her hand and standing before an adoring crowd sounds like me quite frankly Another depicts a fey male incredibly similar to the one Bryce saw in the gallery at the Crescent City Ballet when she was there with her parents. And then the last carving before they come to the river is of a fey king and queen seated on thrones with a mountain with three stars rising above it behind them. 
And that doesn't sound familiar at all, does it, Melina? I haven't seen those tattoos around the past couple of years. I don't have a shirt with them on either. I think I do, actually. Do you have more than one shirt with them on? Uh, yeah, now I'm trying to think about that. Now that I've said that, I don't know. I have at least one. We'll put it that way. That's a good number to start Yeah. Sure. So when Nesta and Bryce come to the river, Nesta asks Bryce to winnow them across, obviously, and Bryce admits that her previous winnowing drained her, um, but doesn't want to reveal that she needs a, like a power-up charge for her power. So then she asks Nesta if she can winnow, and Nesta reveals to Bryce that her power is unusual for High Fae. And reveals that she was once human and was turned high fae against her will. So this was a big kind of bonding moment for them. Uh, Bonding aside, they still have to get across the river. So Bryce makes a comment about swimming. And when she puts her hand in the water, her star grows brighter, which we know is its way of guiding her. So with no warning other than a snarky see you at the bottom and a wink, Bryce jumps into the deep, rushing, dark river in a tunnel underground. This is this is so you and me, though. Like, I'm Nesta going, if I cannot see my feet, I am not getting in any water. I'm very particular (laughs) about that. And then you're just like, let's go. And I'm like, oh, I got to find a way over there now. (laughs) That actually is very true. I do love that about us. So, but as we can see, they make it to a shallow pool off to the side. All is well. After what I'm sure is like an insane little like river ride here. And Nesta is now thoroughly peeved, which is incredible. I, that is understandable. I, I would not. I would not be happy about that either. So that's fair. Bryce remarks that she didn't see any other way. And then Nesta says to the shadows, you might as well come out now. And who appears but our very favorite Azrael with the dagger hung at his hip and the sword peeking over a broad hot shoulder. Hot. And yeah, I'm thinking in this moment, like what I really want to know is how low is this dagger hanging on his hip? And can we see that? <laughs> what? Excuse me. What a great question. Thank you. Yeah. Anything yeah. like the like slung low over his hips. My brain is always like, it just shoots. <laughs> yeah. But it definitely does. Oh my gosh. So we leave, we leave hot as with his dagger. Back in Midgard, our three tortured boys, Hunt, Rune, and Baxian, are still alive, barely, and are laying on the floor in their own waist and heaven knows what else, still chained. And Hunt has just shared what Apollyon and Adis told him with the other two. Uh, Bryce is not in hell and no one knows where she is. Quite frankly, I don't know how you can get much lower at this point like i other than dead dead this is pretty bad and i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because like it it really is true i don't know what else these three can really be put through that would make this any worse right right and 
Rune is terrified thinking about the Oracle's prophecy about the royal line ending with him. So that could mean that Bryce will also die. So he's torn up about that. And he's just like, he's looking at Hunt and just seeing that Hunt is drowning in his guilt about this entire situation. Hunt then carefully suggests to Rune to, quote, talk to his person. (laughs) Thank you. Rune really won't even consider it, but Hunt knows from his previous experience there is no way out of this prison. Rune then, we have like a little bonding moment here. Rune sees just how empty Hunt is feeling and reminds him that he knows his experience from last time was horrible, but he's not alone this time. Um, Baxian chimes in and is like, you know, you weren't the Umbra Mortis last time and you've changed since then. So Hunt knows his his guys are with him and he's like, all right, so like, what are you thinking, Dan? And what are we doing? So that was at least like we ended the chapter like a little bit higher than than where we started, but not much. Yeah, yeah we're still uh, still not doing well. Correct. <laughs> Correct. We're still we're like at one percent now instead of like at a negative two. So that's that's something. So chapter 12 then. <laughs> back in the tunnels okay i don't even like reading it on our outline because i'm like oh, this is like ptsd for me Every time i typed back in the tunnels i gonna hate this yeah also have you did you see the nickelodeon animated show um avatar the last airbender Yes, yeah. So do you know this the secret tunnel every time I type that was then now? I love that like hundreds of people are gonna hear me saying secret tunnel. That's I love I think that's amazing. Incredible. (laughs) I'm here for it. I'm gonna keep doing it. So here we are. (laughs) I'll have one friend after this. Now you're contractually obligated to be my friend. (laughs) I'm good for it. Oh good. So, all right, anyway, in the tunnels, in Prithian, Bryce figures out that Az has been with them the whole time, and he's been, like, kept hidden to observe her and see where she would lead Nesta. Because, right, Rise is always, like, 18 steps ahead of everybody. There's no way this man was just going to let her wander off and not have a plan. Right. So they're continuing along. Every time, like, Bryce now, like, when she looks at the star sword strapped to Az's back and then to the knife, her ears hollow out, a dull thump sounds, and her hand spasms as if she was reaching towards the blades. And at the same time, Az's wings twitch and he, like, rolls his shoulders like he's, like, shaking off something. And then Bryce sneaks to look at Nesta, who's looking at Az, like... What are you doing? Because he's like Mr. Unflappable, Unshakable, whatever. So as they continue along, this keeps happening. Carrying both weapons together was clearly bothering him. In addition to like the thumping in Bryce's own ears if she gets too close. Uh, they cross another small stream. I also was like, there's a lot of streams down underneath here. There's a lot of tunnels and a lot of running water. So that's fascinating as his response to bryce's question about whether the fae made the tunnels he thinks the worm probably made them thanks for that news that's horrifying yeah right 
and that they should stay alert in case it still uses them. What? Nope. Yep. I'm done at this point. I'm like, I'm just going to sit in a corner of these tunnels and shake until somebody comes and gets me. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. Thank you. I am rage quitting now. Thanks. So in this little stream here, Bryce falls and scrapes her hand and as goes to pick her up because he's such a gentleman. Uh, But when he does, when he touches her, the weapons react even more aggressively this time. So as has to back up and stay a good amount of space away from her. So hours later, as makes the observation that her hands aren't healing, Bryce's hands aren't healing, even though her knees have healed. Uh, And as he reaches for her hands to look at them, Bryce again sees his extensive like burn scars and quietly tells him that the male who fathered her used to burn her brother to punish him as like just immediately drops her hands and steps back and like doesn't say anything. And a piece of my heart broke and withered and died. Thank you. Yes. Still in the tunnel. <laughs> this a lot of tunnel channels, guys. Uh, yeah. You throw them here. Uh, Rice is asking now about the Daglin, and Nesta talks about killing Lanthus with Ataraxia. And then Rice tells Nesta that the eight-pointed star marking on her chest is the symbol of the Starborn. Uh, so they're kind of both giving each other like some background here. Then Nesta asks Bryce a wild question. I did not see this coming. No. He says, so if Bryce has a star in her, and if the Asteri have stars in them, what's the difference between Bryce and the Asteri? Okay. Bryce's answer, besides a snarky comment, which is fair, that's also how I would answer, is that her light is just light. The Asteris, she compares it more to, like, the brute force of, a, like, a star like the sun. But do we know that at this point for sure? I mean, we know about the Asteris' first light, you know, with the throne room and the tubes of it behind their chairs. Chairs, thrones, whatever we're calling them. But do we know for sure at this point that the Asteris' light is fundamentally different than Bryce's that was going through my head I was like I don't know do we that's a good question I don't know if we I guess because Bryce has only been able to like summon light her starlight light and we know Regalus was smashing stuff in the hallway when Mm, she was running away from him so I guess those are really our only two because I don't think we know too much more about and i'm i'm not always clear either on the power that bryce pulled from the gate whether that enhances what she has or if that's a whole separate deal i think we're still finding that out maybe yeah nesta then as she's talking about killing lanthus nesta tells bryce that ataraxia can quote kill the unkillable and Bryce says the star sword can do the same because we remember that from the bone quarter. Uh, but as says the dagger cannot do that. And then even though Bryce asks, he will not tell her where the dagger comes from. And he kind of just says like, why do you want to know? Why are you, why are you asking me? And Bryce's response is because the star sword sings to it. That is so cool. 
I'm mm-hmm. so mad that we are stuck in a time with no swords. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Why yeah. do we not have swords anymore? Come on. Guns are so stupid. Swords are so much cooler. Right, <laughs> uh, and, just, and a sword that sings to you. Can we just have that, please? <laughs> like sings to its like sister dagger? Yeah. So cool. Yes. So cool. I want to. Thank you. Thank you. I'll get you some. Right. Thanks. <laughs> So as admits, it does seem like they want to be near each other, to which Nesta says a common phrase, common phrase that we hear throughout these books, like calls to like. Remember, both dagger and sword are crafted from iridium. So it's an ore from a fallen meteorite. So again, we have all these lots of star galaxy themes here. Bryce reminds them of the prophecy from her world of uniting the knife and sword and thus the two peoples. Nesta again asks her about the tattoo on Bryce's back and Bryce doesn't really want them asking questions about the horn. She doesn't tell them, she tells them she doesn't know why her friend chose that lettering. And Nesta sort of says, well, why don't you ask her? And Bryce says, because she's dead. She was killed. Yeah, that was awkward. End of that conversation. <laughs> end the chapter. End the chapter. Perfect. What a great again uh, ending. Ending on a good note here. So yeah, they're really bonding over all of this, aren't they? <laughs> Truly, yeah. We got a lot of information in these chapters. Holy yeah. smokes! So chapter thirteen starts back in Midgard in the meat market. Ethan decides to go rogue, which apparently begins, this is starting a theme here, to meet with the Viper Queen to save, like, at least one of his friends, is what he's thinking, which did make me feel so sad. Um, The Viper Queen reveals that Sabine is pretty much already recovered quickly after Amelie Emily took her back home, which is, again, wild, because we talked about how violent her face was blown off yeah and we don't really know like how she recovered other than just her veneer abilities right i mean we don't know that she was like necessarily given anything or like we don't hear about i the don't recovery th- part of it i think i thought the viper queen said something about amelie was giving her like a like a hefty dose of first light okay, okay. I thought she said I, something about yeah. that, which i didn't know I guess the medical professionals have. I didn't think that was that like that everybody had it. Like it was just laying around. So right. I guess because Sabine maybe is prime apparent, she gets like priority first light medical access. Sure. Yeah. We'll wild. go with that. <laughs> um this is important because with the way that Sabine and Sigrid fought, because the Viper Queen makes some comment about it being like a challenge, an alpha challenge can only be done in open combat, and it has to be witnessed by the pack members of the den. So if Sigrid had just killed Sabine in that incident, it would have just been considered murder. It would not have been a... So this was actually like really important information that Sabine recovered. Which I'm a little bit like, bummer. Yeah. But that's kind of rude. So, anyway. Is it? <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. 
So the Viper Queen then reveals her price for not handing Ethan and Sigrid over to Sabine is just one fight. One little fight for safe passage and Therian's freedom. Now at this point, truly, I get that I'm not a dude and I'm not a athlete, jock, sunball player. Have you read any books? Bryce has seen movies. I know y'all have movies in your world. You <laughs> think this is a good deal? There's yes. no twist coming. One <laughs> right. Fight. Right. Yeah, we did not, we being our Motley crew here, really did not think this one through at all. <laughs> They're like, sounds great. Let's go. <laughs> right. And Ethan, instead of saying like, Maybe I should have checked with my friends first, or can I have a minute to think about it? He's He just agrees. He agrees. Yeah. And the Viper Queen's parting last comment was, quote, make your brother proud. Yeah, that's such a low blow, really. I, yeah. I did not like that. I, that <laughs> hurt a little bit. That's a low comment. What In what context are we saying this? Right. Why? What does this mean? Yeah, because yeah. we don't even know what this fight looks like at this point or what it even is going to entail. I mean, he just agrees to it just off the cuff and then is like, oh, well, now I absolutely have to do it because I need to make Connor proud. But like, that could mean so I'm mean, like, you're dealing with the Viper Queen here. Like, nothing is <laughs> cut and dry. Nothing is straightforward with this woman. And you don't even consider that at all. No. And Ethan's what, like 21, 22 or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, dude. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. So, anyway, we are not headed back um, to the tunnels currently. Yay. Back in the Crystal Palace, Lydia is in her room and is supposed to be getting ready for some event, but has taken a potion that starts her cycle, her period, earlier than normal. She is cramping and nauseous and can't can't go which is part of the plan here uh Hollux refuses to fuck her when she is bleeding that's a direct quote here so she treasures the time of her cycle for that reprieve and we'll talk about this later that we we've talked about how different this book feels that was a hit in the gut for me we know we know women who have had to experience that and the inherent violence in that statement was heavy. Yeah, I was not quite expecting it to take that. Like, I didn't, obviously I knew that she had to have sex with Pollux at right. some point, but I didn't realize kind of how depraved he was with that. I guess maybe I should have, but it just never came up before. This was, like you said, very heavy, very shocking. Right. Just... Yeah, I was like, wow, I didn't realize it was that level of non-consent. Yeah, because we, in Sky and Breath, she was asleep and she was like roughly awakened when, when Lydia's talking to Rune, mind Right. But I think to the point where I would have assumed that she didn't want to necessarily, but she was doing it because she's a spy and this is what the role entails. So she's going to do it, but she doesn't want to. But this was, I think, our first indication of, I think, depraved was the word that you used. This was an intense, I hesitate to say, relationship that yeah. Lydia's had to navigate that we didn't get, that we didn't get a look into previously to this extent. 
when Pollux finally leaves, she goes and gets her burner phone from the bag of tampons, which I thought was incredible. I love that. Yeah. Fion. The line, as if touching a tampon might make his cock shrivel up and drop <laughs> off, had me screaming. Yes. I was so hard. I loved that. <laughs> It was iconic. I was like, how many, like, not my husband, but I have dated men that, like, would not purchase them, would not touch them. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, this is ridiculous. I I was like, that's right. It's such a big deal. And, like, even when we were younger, I feel like you had to hide buying them and, like, all of Yes, yes. It's 2024. Sarah just went and put that line in arguably (laughs) one of the best-selling books of the decade. I I could not have been more thrilled if I tried. I I love it. Somewhere. My sister does cross-stitch. Maybe she can make us a little cross-stitch of the line. Yeah. We're going to commission that as soon as we're done filming here. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You've been warmed. I was going to say, I'm sure your sister will be blushing the entire time she's doing it for us, too. (laughs) Most likely. Most likely. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. So, anyway. So, Lydia's on the phone with Afayan, and she says that she needs all agents mobilized and ready to move in three days, which I think is a relatively hefty ask. And the agent on the other end of the phone basically tells her, like, there's a couple hundred agents left tops and command has put an end to all missions. They took, obviously it was a huge blow when Cormac died, that whole debacle. Um, She eventually, she's like, you have to put me through to command. It's daybright, like put me through. She eventually gets through and sets up a plan. um, And she obviously couches it to help a but it's also to make sure that Rune survives. Um, because that is a priority for her. Yay. That's your favorite. <laughs> I love that. Uh to take we got you real thrilled with the Lydia and Rune content. And now And now you're gonna Oh god. Back in Prithian Secret Tunnel. Fantastic. <laughs> My favorite pl- place in the entire world. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Nesta again brings up Bryce's tattoo. We're still we're still on this, right? Uh, and Bryce finally is like, "Why are you so obsessed with it?" And Nesta tells her that she had a magical eight pointed star tattoo on her back, and that the magic of the bargain, because um, the bargains of the Night Court appear as tattoos, chose the design. Um, so when I didn't remember this, I had to go back. I did a lot of backtracking to silver flames in this section here. I know you did a great job on our outline this week because I I was reading it and I was like, wow, I would not have remembered that. Thank you. There was a lot of these little details and I know our readers are like, and listeners are very intent on that. So we have to, I want to make sure that I'm keeping up with you all. Um, so the tattoo that Nesta is talking about is when it's towards the beginning of silver flames. When she and Cassie made a bargain, when she agrees to one hour of training with him in exchange for a favor of any size that she wishes. Cassian's like, he knows it's a stupid thing, but he just keeps reaching out his hand. So he agrees. So their bargain is struck and both of them actually get 
that star tattoo. So anyway, that's just a little callback to Silver Flames. Nesta's point is, Nesta says she's been in the Fey realms long enough to know that there are forces sometimes guiding them and that they should listen. This It's feeling like there's a lot of interconnected pieces here to Nesta's point. Uh, and if that's not a heavy enough topic... Uh, they then come across a gigantic skeleton of enormous bones. And it says the body like a Sobek. And they continue past it. And there's a single carving on the wall stands out. And it's of an archway with stars glimmering around it. And a male figure stands in the archway with his hand raised in greeting. So it obviously catches Bryce's attention. So she's just about to look closer when the Middengard worm explodes from the river behind them. Oh, my God. Here we, <laughs> Here are, we are again. <laughs> and that ends Chapter 13 on a cliffhanger. Thankful. And I was going to be so mad if Chapter 14 didn't pick up in, like, Bryce's POV. I was going right. to be like, oh, my God. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Thank you. No. Chapter 14 picks up right away. This had been Bryce's plan all along. She had kept her hands bleeding so that she was leading a trail for the worm right for them, which I'm pretty sure is exactly how Farah did it in Court of Thorns and Roses. I think yeah. she did a yeah. blood trail. Which I did not put the two and two together when I was reading this until this was revealed that that was what Bryce was doing. And I was like, oh, oh <laughs> once yeah. again, I just feel like completely. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, that's, that's weird. I wonder why our hands are bleeding. And then just yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe something in the cave is, you know, hindering her healing ability, like totally <laughs> out in left field on this one. I feel so. like this was me with like the iron door that was actually just, oh, <laughs> I'm like, there's <laughs> 18 like big reasons why no dude she's not iron yeah (laughs) i love it um nesta gets it pretty much in like a split second she like looks at bryce looks her hands and then bryce just takes off which what a move my guy i would yeah i was annoyed i was really annoyed we'll get into this more but i'll yeah that's fair. That's fair. We, we, we shared that annoyance. So Bryce is now sprinting down the tunnel. I'm just attempting to get away, get to the end, until she hears as is, and then Nesta's shouts of pain, and she sees his blue light vanishes, and then the silver flame vanishes. And then Bryce is like, well, I know Hunt would kick my ass for setting up this great trap, only to go back and save the people that I ensnared. But she does turn around and start running again. And this is where we see the quote that we got that teaser quote before the book release. That quote had me, I was 12 kinds of crazy about that. (laughs) Bryce sprints back towards where she left as in Nesta, Um, but then is like, okay, I have to actually be a little bit smart about this. So she creeps up to the bank of the river, sees Nesta sprawled on a rock, doesn't see anything else, races over as she reaches for, as comes up behind her, puts a knife in her back and Nesta flips over and is 14 kinds of peeved with her. I 
was feeling the same way. That's absolutely fair. They obviously revealed that they lured her back, which I think is hilarious. Nesta had bet on her returning because Bryce showed her hand earlier when she saved Nesta from the traps in the walls. The, oh. the wipeout boxing gloves. <laughs> exactly. Right, that's right. The wipeout. I went for the oh, You were Indiana <laughs> Jones. <laughs> I love your wipeout connection even still. Bryce's plan is still, we just need to run. Um, and as is, we are not leaving that thing alive in the world. So we're, we're killing it. That's what our next activity of the day is. And we leave it at that. We are bouncing back to Midgard then in this chapter break. The boy band, minus Mark, remember Declan's shifter boyfriend, who Mark pulled the lawyer card and just left. Which I thought was hilarious. Mark is the only smart one of the group. Yeah, I know. But then we don't really see him at all then in the rest of the book. He yeah, just we is like more of Mark and I'm a little sad about it because yeah. I, I feel like Mark is fierce and smart. And yeah. I this the boy band needs a little bit more of the second half of those yeah. abilities. Yeah. Thank you. But you know, on the other hand, he's kinda like, Okay, I see the writing on the wall, the ship is going down. <laughs> And I'm just going to peace out. <laughs> that is true. He's like, yeah, no, I work for a good firm. I'm going to go this <laughs> out where my strengths lie. Thank right, you. right. So the group is now hearing about Ethan's incredible, incredible deal with the Viper Queen where nothing can possibly go wrong. And all I had in my head was that that clip from the one baking show where the guy is just all <laughs> is not well in Waffleville. <laughs> And this on the thing, and I was like, oh my god, I'm glad she's saying it because I could not get through it with a straight face. Oh my <laughs> word. My sister says that, and it, it makes me laugh every time. But it yes. is. Like, this is so them. All is not well in Waffleville. 100%. Another chapter break. We're back in Prithian in the secret tunnels. Cute um, avatar. Secret tunnel. Thank you. You're welcome. Nesta explains to Bryce that they're going to use her as bait, which <laughs> I love it. Is very understandable at this point because she was the one who led it to them using her blood in the first place. Now you're yeah. bait, kiddo. That's the way life works. But the plan works well, so we love that. And the worm appears again, exploding out from the river. Um, but as and Nesta are trying to like send their power towards it, and it appears that the worm eats their power. Nesta says she felt like it ate her power. She used that word. That seems bad. Yeah. Nesta's next logical logical step in the plan is she's gonna quote get something else to do the fighting for us. And as it's like, oh, yeah. oh boy, oh boy, this is not good. Mayday, uh, mayday. <laughs> as is like, yeah, no, this is not a great plan. I'm sure he's probably, where the heck is Cassian? Like, right. your problem, what's happening? <laughs> so Nesta summons the mask and puts it on. And we'll talk about this later. This, we're summoning the mask? Fight the war? It seemed quite extreme to me, but you know, hey, I went from like level <laughs> sure, like a level six. Like it's not yeah. great, but not 
the mask level 14 move like we're just gonna escalate this immediately again like to your point from an earlier episode you know pharaoh was a human when she killed this worm all by herself and then like we have az and bryce and nesta yes who are all fey at this point all have magical powers and yet we just Nope, we're just not going to even try. We're just going to go right to that. So right. Okay, it ate our power. Might as well pull one of the dread trove out. Okay, perfect. Nesta puts the mask on. And as she puts it on, a breeze sweeps through the tunnel. And Bryce, it says Bryce recognizes the wind. She felt it before in the bone quarter. So it was, quote, a wind of death, of decay, and of quiet. And then a voice whispers in her mind, again, this is not great. Memento yeah. mori, memento mori, which is the saying from the meat market in the bone quarter, and it's remember that you will die. So again, we have a level 14 solution to the worm. We then hear bones clicking in the darkness and as just all of a sudden grabs Bryce out of the way as the worm lunges for them again. And before it can get to them, the skeleton that they had passed earlier, this gigantic skeleton, slams into the worm. Nesta is at this point glowing with silver fire. Her hair is floating on the phantom breeze. She's using the mask. Her finger pointed towards the fight. And she's commanding the skeleton to fight the worm. This was so cool to me. I know we just kind of bashed them for going from zero to 60. But then once this happened, I was like, damn, that's so cool. Oh, like, I, love <laughs> I love this. This is ridiculous. And then she's like, go take that on with like very Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. Who's, is it Bryce? Dallas Howard in the Jurassic World. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gets the T-Rex to fight the new big dinosaur. Yes. I kind of loved it. All is forgiven, Nesta. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> fine, I need to look at a page or two and now I'm fine. All right, so there, the skeleton and the worm are fighting. The skeleton manages to pin the worm down. And then Nesta runs up its back, jumps and stabs the worm directly in its head with ataraxia. Ridiculously cool. As then is running towards her and tells her to take off the mask. Um, this is she, once she's killed the worm. I think it says she is still standing on top of the worm and she like turns her head. Bryce is like a doll in a creepy horror film movie. And I was like, yeah. <gasps> Yeah, <laughs> I don't love that. So Thanks. Nesta is still wearing the mask, walks right up to Az, and he doesn't yield, which I think is a big piece of the mask. I think that's why like Cassian and her worked of you don't show fear because it's literally death. And he just tells her again, take off the mask, take off the mask. And then he says to her, Cassian's waiting for you, Nesta. He's waiting for you at the House of Wind at home. I know. I was just like <laughs> gasping at this point. In the midst of my heart breaking, he says Gwen and Emery are waiting, and Feyre and Elaine. Nyx is waiting too. 
And when mm-hmm. he says Nyx, the silver flame in her eyes go out completely and the mask falls off. And then he catches her as is such a gentleman. I know. When are like, we, for the love of God, can we please let this man be with somebody and be happy? Come on. We've been waiting <laughs> so long. Yes. Akatar 5 better be his. Yes, lo- to be or we riot. Yeah. Everybody listen. I was just going to say we're going to riot. <laughs> Get ready. Yes. Oh my word. So mask falls off as catches her and then Nesta pulls herself together, gets up, looks at Bryce like a complete badass and is like, let's keep walking. End scene. End scene. If you love Romanticy Fangirls and want to support us in making this dream our livelihood, if you want more bookish content, more community, discounts on merch, early access and ad-free episodes, live monthly Q&As with us, book bingo and more please check out our Patreon. We have two membership tiers, The Drop and Starborn. The link is in the show notes or YouTube captions. And really and truly, thank you for helping us bring these episodes to you. That was wild. Goodness. Oh, that was a lot. That was, what is that? Five chapters. But like, there's a lot that happens in that. Yeah, like, sorry, everybody. I tried to summarize these like as succinctly as I could. I just felt like there was so much going on. I had to make sure that I didn't miss anything important. Yeah. Getting into the drop part of our episode. I mean, we talk about all these theories and predictions and these little nuggets that Sarah drops to us along the way. And so Yeah, it was really hard for us to summarize these succinctly without adding in all these little details because they matter in the whole scheme of things. And Sarah really wants us to know, hey, remember this, remember that, put it all together here, peeps, you know. Right. I think the first kind of overarching, especially from these couple of chapters, one of my predictions about the sword and the dagger reacting together that has to be a big something that's coming up because she yeah i mean sarah mentions that so many times when every time bryce and as are within a certain radius of each other they're reacting and as is really struggling to have both of these weapons together on him at the same time yeah i thought that too i really don't know how they're going to interact but there's definitely something's gonna like obviously you have to have the two together because of the prophecy right and then because of like their yin and yang with each other and the whole but yet they have to be together that to me was really interesting and uh, because sarah hinted at it so much and it you know, these are really powerful like fit you know ness is a warrior as is a battle-tested illyrian fighter and bryce is starborn yeah and and yet like as is really struggling to keep these two things apart. And so obviously that tells us they're really powerful and that they have a big role to play in this in some way. Right. Absolutely. And I think in the same vein, I mean, the amount of, and right, me trying to summarize all of the narrative that we had with Nesta and Bryce in the tunnels. I mean, as much as we get information with the sword and the dagger, the amount of conversation we have about the eight pointed star the fact that it came up in Silver Flames, uh, it's it's on Bryce's chest. That is, we're obviously seeing that theme really come into play. We're going to be excited to see how that how that plays out as well. I think. And again, thank God you went back and reread Silver Flames because I did not. I would have been like, oh, this is nice. This is just a coincidence. <laughs> 
Understandable. Yeah, no, I knew. Well, and we had got, I mean, Silver Flames, we just love, we just love all the smut and Silver Flames. Well, yes, yeah. Naturally. But Silver <laughs> Flames had so much, I felt like, of some of the new information that we were getting as as the Akatar series shifts. So I really wanted to make sure that I had some of that at least sitting in my brain as we went through, as we went through this one. Yeah, for sure. And then the one theory or I guess prediction that I had in this segment was with the whole Viper Queen making her request for this one fight and essentially Ethan's doing it like you said to save somebody we don't really know obviously he's hoping to save everybody but just do something not even heroic but just like good to make him feel better about himself in this shitty situation and then we do see some of Darian's point of view in this section too a little bit where he's like I don't want to be saved necessarily. Like, I'm not worth it. You know, like, I don't want to be the cause of more death and destruction or whatever the Viper Queen has up her sleeve. Like, just leave me out of it, sort of thing. So, obviously, that bodes really not well for whatever's coming with this fight. Yeah. Uh, I'm just really interested to see what the Viper Queen's catch is going to be with this because. Yeah. A hundred percent there is one with this woman every time. Oh, for sure. And we hope it's just one catch and not multiple. True. True. Let's move into our ascent part, which is where we kind of get into characters, canon, what we thought about some of these interesting bonds that we have going on in this section. So chapter 11, we really had, like you kind of hinted at before, Nesta and Bryce. And then as being pulled back into it, because he's always been there the whole time, which I just thought, of course he has. You right. know? <laughs> Nessa and Bryce just being kind of on the same level with their badassery. Is that That's not a word, but again, yeah. it's our show, so we're going to make it one. <laughs> then having As be like, I don't even want to say the token male in the trio, but he kind of is just. I think hoping and praying to God that these two powerful females just don't completely, you know, annihilate this tunnel that they're in and that he's just hoping to get out alive and see another day because of the... Yeah, I think as is already, like, I do think we did get in Silver Flames, like, I think as gets Nesta a little bit and I think they yeah. have a good relationship, but that, does, I mean, it's still Nesta. She's going to do no her. controlling her. Yeah. Right. So good luck with that. He wants to still protect Nesta because she's his and Cassian's. Rice is this unknown, but Nesta's still going to do her own thing. That poor man has <laughs> to be so tired. Like, yes. Emotionally tired. I'm sure he's physically tired, but he's emotionally tired after this. <laughs> yes. And I would love to see, I don't know if we're going to get Cassian in this crossover at all, but I would love to see Az's conversation with Cassian if they get out of these tunnels and be like, bro, you are fucking on your own with this chick from now on. Like, I am done. I am tapping out. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my word. And then the bonding with Rune and Baxian trying to, like, pick Hunt up. Like, I know. Like, got you. We're all in this together. Their little bonding in the midst of, like, absolute horror. I know. Was just that was so up. sweet. 
chapter 11, there was a lot of bonding happening, which we do love. We love found family is something that Sarah does so well. Well, yeah, for sure. And then your comment in chapter 12 on our outline was so funny. I love that there was a specific note about Bryce being annoyed about ruining her favorite pair of leggings because if that is not one of the most relatable things I've ever read in a book, I don't know what is. Amen. I got transported to an entire other planet. You're in one pair of leggings and they're going to be ruined and they're your favorite pair. So no. go trying to find another pair. Yeah. Leggings are, there's not much more sacred than that. And I felt that deeply in my. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because I know how you are. With, I mean, I'm like that with my leggings too, but you are to the nth degree. So I read that on our outline and I was like, I can absolutely picture Melina just going like complete oh, I over the fact that her leggings are. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, so funny. But then the other thing too that annoyed us was we literally get nothing more about Az's scars and like the meaning behind them. Again, this Akatar 5, if we don't get some information about this man, his scars, and allow him to have some sort of happiness with another person, male, female, I don't care. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Bryce is trying to, I, that vulnerable moment with her thinking about Rune and then like trying to connect with Az and Az just shutting off. I was like, no, I know. I, just want, I do. We have to, we have to get something for him in this next book or I'm, yes, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Um, yes. And then I loved the end because Bryce obviously watches Az shut down. Then Bryce's response to Nesta over, She's going to promise to make her father pay for what he did to Rune. And Nesta affirming that, I love that Bryce is like, oh yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm going to wreck him. And there's no judgment from Nesta. Nesta affirms that. She's like, absolutely go do it. No judgment here. Not only am I not judging you, I'm proud of you for doing that. I love that. Uh, It was an interesting thing because Nesta's father, like we don't really... We don't really know much about Nessa's mother, right? I, we have theories and stuff and we can talk about them. But like his father was just this kind of salt of the earth, hardworking merchant that got caught up in stuff and is down on his luck. And so she doesn't really have the same relationship with her father as Bryce does with hers. But yet there's still that thread of like, not annoyance, but maybe just like disappointment in the fact that these are the choices that my parent has made. So on some base level, they really understand one another when it comes to these male figures in their lives, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. I did not think about it like that. But I, I, as you're explaining that to me, that makes a ton of sense. My brain went more towards the Nesta is what understands protectiveness to a level and this is a little bit and my dearest sister is now being brought up a lot in this episode what my sister has had to deal with with her life with me being a level of protective that is a little bit much as an older sister Um, nesta has that protective streak of her people so i think she recognizes that in bryce of i don't give a shit who that person is you make them pay for what they did for the ones that are ours so I yeah. loved that that was sort of what you're saying. There's that recognition there 
of two females who understand each other to a degree past what just that moment is showing. Yeah, 100%. So I thought that was really cool. And then we get a lot of these big reveals about the weaponry that we have right now with the Star Sword and Truth Teller and them singing to each other. That was so cool. Oh, I just loved that. I love, I think that's a huge piece of fantasy too. I mean, you and I talked in the first episode about you know, fantasy is kind of like our genre that we that we love. That's a, such a callback to a true, a true fantasy book of yeah. our weaponry is, you know, there's inherent magic there. And I just loved that. Like the nerd in me was like, that's <laughs> cool weapons. <laughs> and when we moved to chapter 13 and we're back in the meat market with that band of characters you mentioned in our outline about you know Ethan and his hero complex like just being both really really strong and at the same time really unhelpful yes it just drives me crazy of like he literally it says in the book like he just he just wants to try to save one of his friends bro what I know I get that. You've messed up like 12 times and now we're going to half-ass do it again? And then nobody's able to talk him out of it. That's the other thing, too. He's not an alpha, right? So, you know, he has Deck and Flynn and Therian really, again, is like you said it before, is just apathetic and I guess doesn't care. But, I mean, he does care about Ethan as a friend. Right. But, like, nobody really pushes back on him and is like, uh, pretty sure this is a bad idea. So let's, you know. (laughs) And I put in, if I put in my notes, like every single time I read about someone making bargains in a book, I think about how good I would be in this situation because I read books about fairies, the fae from growing up and how unbelievably specific you have to be in your wording. Yes. You're going to agree to a fight, one fight, which seems like not an acceptable price for all that you're asking the other party. And your first question is not, who am I fighting? Yeah. A fight is literally between two people. And that <laughs> is not a one question you want to ask. Are you so for real? Details, Melina, details. And we talk about... <laughs> These males in particular, I think in general, in life, not even in fantasy, they just don't care. They just don't care about the details. (laughs) They just show up and hope for the best. You have to keep reminding me about that because I just, I was like, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw my book. I'm not. But what are you doing? Oh my yeah. word. And because Sigrid doesn't know, she's not really a helpful female in the fact that she can't tell them, hey, like, this really sounds like a stupid idea. <laughs> that was a shitty and stupid, a stupid idea. <laughs> um, well, and Ariadne, I forget where she's even at at this point. I don't think she was really in the scene, but yeah. So there's no other females around going like, uh, hint, hint, wink, wink. I think this is really not <laughs> like going to go well. Right. And he doesn't even, even if they were there, it's not like he takes Flynn and Deck tell him what an True. absolutely horrendous idea. And he doesn't listen to them either. Oh, oh I made the bargain. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Great. Unmake it, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that drives me crazy. 
Um, I know. And then your other point, and we talked a little bit about it before, was just how Lydia played these males like a fiddle when she was using her period against them. And I think that's so honestly so relatable. Like, I'm just going to say it <laughs> because it it happens. Yep. This to me, and again, I think we talked in the first episode about like how long like you and I have been reading. 2024, this is one of the biggest books. I'm sure it's one of the biggest books of the year, if not the biggest book of the year. And we have one of our biggest like badass female characters. She is outplaying the top villain, Regalus, and the arguably one of the worst villains, Pollux. And she's using her period to do it. What an absolute iconic statement about yes. the power of being a woman. I was that, I feel like that has kind of changed my life a little bit. She hid her burner phone in a bag of tampons. That is <laughs> not a sneaky hiding spot, except for it really is. She's yeah. out here playing chess, and these idiots are playing checkers. She just, she's like, nah, like, And then she's out playing Pollux with the whole, like, having sex with him thing. I don't know. I I think you can tell. I was amped about this. Like, this fucked me up. I was like, let's go. I can go. I can go kick down a wall right now. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because one, you know, what woman hasn't used her period to get out of sex if she doesn't want to have it? And then two, just the relatability of, like, putting the burner phone in the box or bag of tampon, knowing for a hundred percent certainty that he's not gonna go in there. That was just top tier for me. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I loved it. I loved that so much. So Sarah, well done. Yes. Thank yes. you for that. Um with like a wild left turn here, my my next note of the in chapter 13, because we jump back to the, in the tunnels. With Nesta and the the skeleton fighting the worm, I thought it was so interesting that, again, the skeleton, like Bryce, thinks it looks like a Sobek. That is the creatures, the beasts below the cell where she was being held in the Hewn City looked like Sobek. River Queen commands the Sobeks, which I think, did we talk about this? I think they're like alligators, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's how they're described. Some yeah. sort of leathery, scaly with lots of big teeth that just yeah. sort of that skipping alligator vibes. <laughs> but I just yeah. thought it was interesting that that is like yet again we're getting another description of something that looks like a sobek. I thought that was fascinating too. Yeah, girl has some serious PTSD from the sobeks. <laughs> True, House of sky and breath. So yeah. yeah. I think just my other point about being, I I totally forgot that Nesta's bargain tattoo was an eight-pointed star. I yeah. did not remember that at all. That is really interesting to me. And then 14, I just love <laughs> Bryce's, like, I th- and we talked about this a little bit, like, like with the worm. It just, oh, I guess I jumped ahead a little bit with the skeleton, but with Bryce being three steps ahead of she planned to fall in the stream and cut her hands open and yeah what yeah I don't know maybe I'm just like an idiot I really do not think I would have thought about that at all 
No. Why would you, uh, I'm over here going like, why would you even want to see that thing again? I'm trying to stay as far away from that as possible. You know, it literally just almost killed me on the bridge. Right. And yet I'm going to use that as opposed to anything else in these tunnels to bait these people so that I can escape them. I just would never, yeah, like you said, if you're listening and not watching on YouTube, like our hand motions of us just like (laughs) waving it over our head because we were just... completely uh, blindsided by that. And I guess this makes me such a sucker too. They've spent like what? Like like a day or two together? I don't think I'm the type of person that could just be like, wow, sucks to suck. And like bait like a monster to come distract them while I run off. That's not how I am. I probably yeah. killed 12 times by now anyway. <laughs> but I just, I could not. I can't plan ahead that far. And I'm too nice. We no, was- and I was thinking too of my husband, like when she said Hunt was going to be really pissed at her for leading them and then thinking about it, feeling bad and going back. I'm like, oh my God, my husband would a hundred percent. He'd be like, you literally could have just gotten out. Why are you coming back to probably die? Like, that's the stupidest thing you could ever do. That like, is I- your husband to a T, actually. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's me just like running back being like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Right. Right. I think the other thing too, with that whole, with the fight, we talked a little bit about that with the epic fight scene i mean i was picturing jurassic park vibes which was funny but i thought it was a little bit weird and i don't know i guess we don't really have a lot of information on the worm but i thought it was interesting that it quote-unquote ate nesta and Az's powers um yeah i didn't understand that really I didn't really either. I guess don't they talk a little bit about like the the monsters in the middle in Prithian? Mm. I didn't know if it was relating to, I don't know if it's exactly one of those, but if it was relating to that of it's just like a monster outside the realm of what the fae are used to or, and then I was thinking, I wonder if that's part of why Amarantha had the worm that had yeah. there or knew of it or had got it somehow. I don't know what I'm saying, <laughs> but if magic didn't work, then the Fae wouldn't have been able to fight it. You know, it had to have some natural defenses against the Right. Fae. To your point earlier, Pharaoh's just a human when she fought it. So that was interesting. That's like the only clue to me, but I, I thought that was really odd that it ate their power. Yeah. I don't, really remember anything in Akatar. Like, I mean, we really didn't get any information about the worm other than it just being part of her trials under the mountain. And so again, I thought to, if we're bringing it back, especially with sometimes how Sarah can get info dumpy a little bit, I thought that maybe this would have been a good point to maybe talk about the worm again after it was killed right. as far as, but again, if we don't, if Az and Nesta and Reese don't really know anything about it as far as its properties, I guess that makes sense. But it, yeah, it just was a little, a little vague and a little convenient. Not even convenient, but I was like, oh, well, I don't know why we would care if it ate her powers if we're going to be able to kill it with bones. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was confusing to me. It was just a little out there. Yeah, I 
and I think we talked about this a little bit before, I didn't really feel like this had to be uh, the worm to begin with. I am a little yeah. bit like, oh, you <laughs> could have left that with Feyre. But yeah. I think, I don't know whether the importance of, oh, actually, as I'm sitting here saying this out loud, I wonder if it's, so the worm ate their powers, but Ataraxia killed it. So I wonder if that was Sarah's way of kind of demonstrating Ataraxia's level, quote unquote, like level of power. So I'm, I'm thinking too, if the worm ate Nesta's powers and Nesta's always related to death and the unkillable. You even said that one quote in here, Ataraxia then can kill the unkillable. So maybe the worm had to kind of be somewhat dead, so to speak, for Ataraxia to then be able to, quote unquote, kill it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah. Oh, and okay, I was going to say, so Nesta uses her her power on it before she puts the mask on. Right, right. Too. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. Which is an interesting, also, the new way to pull her out of the mask's grip, it was... And I hope this doesn't ruin the moment for anybody. I did love that entire thing. But honestly, what I was thinking about, because I'm a Marvel girly, is when Natasha says to Bruce, the Hulk, the sun's getting real low, big guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, oh, no. And I was like, stop, 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 stop. Like, I don't want to think about that right now. This is so cute. And he's like... And he called the House of Wind, like, her home. Oh. I loved that so much. And all my brain was giving me was something <laughs> getting low, big guy. <laughs> that tracks, though. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to anybody who I just ruined that moment for. Uh, but yeah, it was so touching. And, I mean, I definitely, this wasn't a point where I, like, but I did definitely get teary-eyed and I did feel it in my soul. And her, like, when he finally mentions Nyx and then the Silver Flames bank completely in her eyes. What an ant move. I know. I loved that. That was so (laughs) cute. So. Yes. Uh, We'll end it on a sweet note there, which is probably one of the only times we'll be able to do that in this book. But Truly. Yeah, so... That was a lot that happened, and if you agree or disagree with our thoughts and theories, and oh, I one more thing I thought about going back through your outline was when, and again, this is kind of like your Bruce and Natasha comment, with the whole Memento Mori thing, I immediately am going to the Haunted Mansion at Disney World, and the, <laughs> the grim grinning ghost dancing oh, around <laughs> my gosh this is amazing because as soon as you said haunted mansion i just remembered the time that we got stuck on it you and i and i was <laughs> oh like my god of you and i crushed you yes that's so funny that- and that's the name of the gift shop there like right beside it too mm-hmm. and so that's the the tagline for all the souvenirs and so you know shout out to all the haunted mansion fans out there it's an iconic ride but yes Melina and I got stuck on it at the very end (laughs) for like an hour and we're not like small chicks. So there's really only supposed to be two people in a, they call them doom buggies if you haven't ever been there. But, and so my dad was with us too. And so we're like, oh yeah, it'll be fine. Cause it's only like a five minute ride, seven minute ride. 
No, we're on there for like an hour. Oh, stuff. Mostly <laughs> sitting on you. We did not yeah. in the slightest. You literally every part of you was crushed, and your body is not small either. No. Oh my gosh, the three of us were laughing so hard. Yes, and of course they let people off. You know, when the ride shut down, they let people off from the middle of the ride outward. And so we were like literally at the end of the queue, almost done with the ride. So we were one of the last ones to be released. And I was like, I don't know if I can feel my legs anymore. <laughs> yeah. That is a brilliant uh, note. Which is ironic for the ride that we were on, but. I see what you did there. Yeah, see the- so, yes. Anyway, that was a complete aside, but yeah. let us know if, you know, you agree or disagree with our theories on chapters 11 through 14, and we will see you in the next episode. So thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. First off, thank you for listening. You and the bookish community are amazing, and we're so thankful to be included in it. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button so you never miss one. We release new episodes every Tuesday. We'd also love to see you on our Romanticy Fangirls newsletter list. Just head to our website, romanticyfangirls.com and enter your email address where it says join the email list. No spam here, promise. Just more honest to goodness book content. Learn what we're currently reading, upcoming new releases we can't wait to get our hands on, and what Melina says about my unhealthy obsession with Aldi's cold brew coffee foam. Seriously though, if you haven't tried it yet, are you even living? Sign up today.